high level. Here's the thing, guys. I know that a lot of people, I know this is this is not a, a popular opinion amongst 49ers Twitter and the fan base and players and people, but the reason why they're in this situation right now where Jimmy Garoppolo is playing is because they could not keep Trey Lance healthy. Kyle Shanahan had one job this season. It was to keep Trey Lance healthy so that he could get reps. And in, in getting those reps, you get that experience that you need to be able to grow. That's all he had to do. If he was terrible, that's okay because those are growing pains. If he's great, that's, that's great because we know that he's, he's going to be really good. They did the one thing that they couldn't do with Trey Lance. They got him hurt and, and they got him hurt for the entire season. So to me, like a lot of this blame, honestly, for what's going on now for Jimmy, even playing it's on Kyle because not only like people, people like you, Oh, you're shifting blame. No, Jimmy, we know what Jimmy is. We've known this for a while. We know he's wildly inaccurate. We know that he's wildly inconsistent. We know this watch him put up a great game against, against the Rams on Monday night, because that's what he does. Right. And he's going to drive us crazy. But the whole thing here is that Kyle chose to bring Jimmy back. I know everybody's pissed at Jimmy, as they should be. Kyle chose to do this. They chose to have the circus all offseason. They chose to bring him back. They chose to freeze him out of training camp and not give him a playbook. Fine. Jimmy had that excuse or whatever, right? Like, that's not an excuse. You played with these guys for five years, right? Like, that's that's a, a lame-ass excuse that Jimmy made about, like, oh, I didn't get the playbook and rhythm. Like, bro, you're, you're a professional athlete. Like, you're getting paid millions of dollars to do this. You can't. You, you can't complete a pass. You, you step out of the end zone. So to me, there's there's the, the blame here is twofold for what happened last night. The majority goes to Jimmy, the vast majority. But long term, the ups and downs of the season, it's on Kyle because I don't I don't care what anybody says. You put your rookie, essentially rookie quarterback, 22-year-old quarterback in harm's way by consistently running him into the part of the field where the biggest people are and where the most people are more than any any other quarterback at a higher rate than any other quarterback. So guys, if you if you're driving your car and you are driving recklessly and you're not obeying the speed limit and you're cutting people off and you're driving like a crazy person, are you more or less likely to get into to get into an accident? If you put yourself in harm's way, it is going to happen. And th- this concept is shocking that people don't understand this, that people aren't putting more blame on Kyle for that. Jimmy should not even be playing right now. He should not be on the team. We should not be having this conversation. Kyle cannot quit Jimmy and Damon Bruce, who's a local media uh, person here and, and love him or hate him. He made a comment today about how they're perfect for each other because the fact that, that Jimmy can't quit the Niners, Kyle, Kyle can't quit Jimmy. And they, for that reason, they're perfect for each other. Uh, and there's other things about like Kyle being a coward and things like that, that I'm not going to repeat, but like, <laughs> you know, it's just to me guys, like I think that's where my frustration lies. And I think that my, my anger about this whole situation is coming out of different ways. But to me, it's like they should not have even been in this situation where Jimmy Garoppolo was starting. And even if Trey got hurt, God damn it, like don't make it be in the second game of the season, right? At least let your backup quarterback who hasn't played with the team or whatever it is, right, be able to have four weeks to get ready, right, whoever the backup may be. But immediately in game two, quarter one of game two, you have your backup in. And just just the, the, the stupidest thing and the worst, the, like overall from the Trey injury – to keeping Jimmy around, to the way that they we've been going back and forth the last two seasons, like this is what this is the bed that you have to sleep in, and Kyle has to sleep in it at this point. And I mean, Kyle made a couple calls in, in this game too that were debatable. That I don't know that I necessarily disagreed with at the time. The first was on the holding call um, where he decided to decline it and let them kick the field goal mm-hmm. instead of making it third and really long and trusting the defense again. So you could argue that he kind of gave Denver three points there. 
thought you could have looked at it both ways. Um, I wasn't like going crazy over it at the time. I, I probably would have backed them up if it were me, just because the defense was playing so well um, and tried to get them out of field goal range. And the other one was something that he when he kicked the field goal with Golden, it was fourth and two. I think you go for it there. I think they were on maybe the 31 yard line, maybe of Denver right around there. To me, I think you go for it there. To me, I think you try to put your foot on the gas. You try to get the first down. You try to get seven points. Cause obviously that's, you know, the three wasn't enough. They were having issues. Share on Money all. don't make money. Al. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, the, so those two things for sure for me, you know, those were a couple calls that I thought were a little bit, eh, you know, and, and there's been some issues with that with Kyle, with him getting maybe a little bit too conservative with game plans and things like that. And again, it's not saying, Oh God, you can fire him right now. It's not it. I mean, I'm not saying that. What I think Zane, you've said before is we, there's places where we think he can be better and you're going to, it's, it's part of what we do having a show or, or in the media or whatever you react to the game at hand. You talk about the good things, which we will, there were some good things when you talk about the bad things, there you were. can't just be like, Oh, well, whatever, brush it off. Like there were things that he did that were a little bit, eh, and it, it might've cost him the game in the, at the end. Well, and I want to, I want to push back a little bit on that narrative that's going around that, you know, what, what should we have expected from Jimmy Garoppolo? You know, he wasn't in camp. They didn't give him a playbook, yada, yada, yada. Right. I would understand that if we were a different team and Jimmy Garoppolo came to us two weeks before the season started and all of a sudden was thrust in week three, we're talking about a quarterback who has been with the franchise since 2017. Mm -hmm. I understand that he didn't have training camp. I understand that they didn't give him a playbook, but is it my understanding that your position is that the playbook has changed so much from 2021 to now that Jimmy Garoppolo has no idea what's going on. I'm hard, hard pressed to believe that at all. So regardless of the amount of time that he had with the playbook in camp or not, this is still the same offensive system that he has been the quarterback for since 2017. So miss me with, he didn't give him enough time with the playbook. Like that just, that makes that's nonsense to me. And then on top of that, what was frustrating for me was Trey Lance came to the podium after that bears loss and essentially said, guys, that's on me. I have to be better. I have to be better. There's plays that we missed out there, whatever. Jimmy Garoppolo came to the podium after this game and went, well, you know what? I don't want to make excuses, but, and then started to make excuses. One of those being, I have to, you know, I have to get back into rhythm with these guys. Take accountability, man. Just take some accountability and be like, you know what? I played like absolute dog shit tonight. I'm sorry. I'm going to be better. And just move on. Like, I would respect him so much more for that than this mealy mouthed. I I have to get rhythm with the guys and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, man, you stepped out of the back of the end zone. Like, I no amount of training camp practice is going to keep you from doing that. And then not only that, but three-step drops and you can't stop moving your feet. You're like a freaking happy feet dolphin in the pocket on 90% of the place, right? So just, just, just take it, man. Just take it on the chin and move on. Because again, you make it, you make it seem like you are a victim as opposed to the defensive stars, Fred Warner, right? Came to the podium was like, you know what? As a defense, we have to be better. Fred, I'm sorry, man. You guys were awesome. And you're coming here and you're taking accountability for this loss. 
No, thanks. I don't need that from you. I know that you were great. What I need is the other side of the ball to take accountability. But that's leadership, right? That's leadership for you. That's why Fred Warner is a captain because he comes to the podium and he goes, you know what? We gave up a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Like we got to play four quarters. Well, you know why you gave up a touchdown in the fourth quarter? Because you were on the field way too damn much, right? That's part of the problem. So again, Jimmy, been with the team for so long. Be a leader, take accountability, take it on the chin, move on, say, we'll be better next week. But none of this like, oh, I got to find rhythm. And, you know, you know, I've only been here a week. No, thanks. I'm not, I don't accept that. I want to throw some numbers out at you guys um, with Kyle Shanahan. Now he's been an OC or a head coach now since 2008. We know his offenses get yards. I'm going to read you the where his offense is finished and points scored as an OC and then as a head coach with the Niners. So as an OC, 17th, 10th, 25th, 26th, 4th, which was the RG3 year in 2012, 23rd, 27th, 21st, 1st, which was the Matt Ryan MVP Super Bowl where they made the Super Bowl year, 20th. That was 2007. Oh, sorry, 1st. Okay. And then he goes to the 49ers. The Niners have finished 20th, 21st, 2nd in 2019, 21st and 13 in point, 13th in points scored. Is that what we expected when he got here as a coach? You know, this team has been winning with defense and, and, and running, but but they're not putting up. We I know I thought when Kyle Shanahan came here, definitely by year five, year six, where we're year six right now, that this was going to be a top offense. And when I say top offense, I think of someone, not that every year you're scoring 35 points a game, but you think of a Sean Payton and Andy Reed, right? These offensive coaches where their offenses are generally high powered. Has this offense ever really been high powered? It really haven't. 2019, they were second in points, but they did score points that year, but I don't really call it a high powered offense necessarily. So at what point too, and again, if you win games, I don't care. I don't care how you do it at the end of the day, but if you don't, you know, and just if Kyle, if you're this offensive coach, I I just, it's just my question. And again, I'm not saying fire him. I'm just, I'm asking anyone. I'm asking you guys. I'm asking people in the comments. I'm asking anyone listening. If he's this offensive coach, why is this team not scoring points? Right. It's like in Moneyball when he's like, if he's a good hitter and why doesn't he hit good? Right. If he's this genius and I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm not saying he's a bad play designer. Um, I did. Chris asked me to tweet the stat, and I did. Chris, if you go to my Twitter, I did. I did tweet that stat about the Kyle and the offensive points scored. Um, so, if he is this genius, why isn't it happening? And I'm gen- I'm genuinely asking this question: Why? Why? So, I think a lot of it has to do with quarterback play, right? The, the, the type of quarterbacks that he's been given in those situations, and the pushback that I have to that here once he got here is that he was in charge of selecting those quarterbacks. It's his quarterback room. And for those of you watching on YouTube, like that guy, Mike McDaniels, like that guy, <laughs> you look at what he's done in Miami right now. And I know it's only three games in, but what he's been able to do with Tua over there. And it's just been unbelievable. And I think that look, attrition will happen. If you're a good team, attrition will happen. Like we, we saw, we thought there'd be a big drop off when Robert Sala left to coach the jets and Domingo Ryan's has been like picked up right where he left off. We thought that there'd be a big drop off when Lafleur left to coach the, the Packers, and you know the Niners made it the championship game. But 
now Lafleur, at this point. Oh, hold like, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Lafleur never that Lafleur, the Packers Lafleur, never coached for the 49ers. Oh, it's his brother. His brother. That's right. That's and his brother, his brother left that's to right. be Salas OC in, in New York. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry. We thought there'd be a big drop off when we when Lafleur left to the Jets to be the OC, and they made they made the cha- the Niners made a championship game. So I think that at some point, like yeah, attrition will will take its toll, and and, and that will happen. But the other thing is, is that like, look again, this is Kyle's quarterbacker, right? Like, and I'm not saying that he should be fired, not saying he should be replaced, but like, damn it, you've had six years to figure out the quarterback position. You you didn't pick, you didn't draft Mahomes, you didn't sign Brady, you didn't trade for Stafford, and you keep bringing Jimmy back. It's like at some point you got to sort this out. And yeah, they made the trade, Lance trade, but then you ran him into the ground after the first game. So it's like at some point you have to be able to sort the, the most important position on all sports. And you got to sort that out if you want success. And they have not been able to do that. And the argument is, is if Kyle has a good, like elite level quarterback play, like he did in, in Atlanta, that second year of Matt Ryan, because remember the first year they were not very good, right? Like that first year it took him two years mm-hmm. to, to kind of get used to it. So the, the Super Bowl year in Atlanta, 2016, like that's when they were actually kind of gelling and they did well. And that's the first year people could argue that Kyle Shannon had like elite quarterback level play. And, you know, they almost went all the way. So part of that is like, yes, he needs better quarterback play. But the other part of it is that he is in control of that as well. So Al, I would say that's my answer to that question is that like, he needs to be able to evaluate that position and be able to to either develop a quarterback or bring in somebody that can actually execute his scheme to the highest level. And he hasn't been able to find that outside of one year in his entire career with Matt Ryan. We have a comment that says, to be fair, Andy Reid has coached 22 years and has one Super Bowl win. Sean Payton, 16 years, head coach, and only one Super Bowl win. And again, we're not slamming Kyle for not winning the Super Bowl, right? We're not slamming him for losing that uh, that Super Bowl against the Chiefs. What we're saying is there were certain expectations that we had as fans based on some of the narratives put out about Kyle Shanahan as an offensive genius. And we're not even saying that he's not. But Mike McDaniel has been with Kyle Shanahan at every stop that he's had where he was the offensive coordinator. And this is the first year that Kyle Shanahan has coordinated an offense without Mike McDaniel. And as it stands right now, you look at that offense in Miami, as Zane said, and you look at the offense in San Francisco, and you go, that... I I might be able to draw some conclusions from this. Can we officially? Absolutely not. We need a full season or more. Right. And, you know, I, I, I love the Miami. I love Mike McDaniel. I have such a man crush on, on Mike McDaniel. And like, I asked, I asked Twitter to be able to make me the Homer Simpson meme where he starts out in front of the hedge, goes into the hedge and comes back out. And I wanted it where he's wearing 49ers gear and then he reemerges in Dolphins gear because I love that team. <laughs> I love that team. I love that coach. But it, it it there are questions, right? And that's all we're that's all we can do is ask questions. That's all we can do, right? And and there are some. But are we going to get answers this year? It doesn't look that way, at least not with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. So now again, we are waiting till next season. And we still have a very inexperienced quarterback to run this Kyle Shanahan offense. And it's, it's just, it's, it's frustrating as a fan. Yeah. And, and I know, sorry, about- I want, one thing, one thing yep. I just want to interject here. So when we talk about like the offense and how they, at any point, if they've carried this team since 2017, there's one instance that I can think of where 
the defense either was totally underperforming or was was injured to the point where they they weren't performing at the same level. It was in 2019 when do you remember that that stretch where Quan Alexander and Kwasi Tart were both hurt? Mm-hmm. Like that stretch where the defense was just giving up like 26, I believe it was like 26 or 27 points a game for like four or five games straight. It was that that stretch where they played New Orleans, right? That game. It's the only time in six years here, almost six years here, that I've seen the offense carry the load. Otherwise, it's always the defense. Every single time, the defense has to close out games. Against Seattle, when they won the division up there, Kyle's offense couldn't get a first down. So the defense had to close out the game. You know, like the only time that I've really seen his offense kind of carry the load was, was yeah, those two playoff games of, of 2019 where they just ran the ball everywhere. But, you know, the defense was still lights out even then. So that's what's most concerning to me is that the offense has just never, they've, they've never carried the load. Like, and if the defense ever falters, like what's the offense going to be? What's going to happen to this team? It just feels like, so there's something that tweeted out today that it just kind of feels like um, uh, my buddy, Nick document 49 tweeted out that it just feels like Kyle Shanahan's teams are always on the verge of like epic, like disasters or collapse all the time based off of injuries, which we'll talk about Trent Williams like significant injuries or quarterback turmoil or whatever it may be. It just seems like they're on the brink of just total collapse. And then they somehow are able to, to get it together in the second half of the season. And now you tweeted out a stat about that as well, where they're significantly better in the second half. So yeah, it's a long season, yeah. but there are you know significant issues with this team right now, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. So the coaching, cause what that um, comment said about, Sean Payton and Andy Reid only having the one Super Bowl. Yes. And a couple things on that. One, I think with Super Bowls, Bill Belichick has made, that is not normal, right? Most coaches, really good coach, you, they win a Super Bowl, right? There's very mm-hmm. few that are going to win, you know, your Bill Walsh's and your Bill Belichick's. You know, there's, very, there's very few. What I'm looking for from Kyle is not 10 Super Bowl wins. I'm looking for double digit win seasons and perennial being a perennial playoff team. So he brought up Sean Payton. Sean Payton won double digit games nine times. Andy Reid has won double-digit games 16 times in 23 seasons as a head coach. That is always being in the playoffs, always being in the conversation. Mike Tomlin has, uh, if I'm reading this right, 9 or 10, 10 win seasons. These guys are always in the conversation, and that's what I want to see about – that's where I want to see Kyle get, where his teams – not that you're going to go 14-3 every year or in the Super Bowl every year. I I want to see Kyle in the conversation every year. He's got his teams to 10-11 wins every season. Eight out of ten years, you know that sort of thing. That's that's where I want to see him go. This year is gigantic for him, gigantic. If they win ten plus games, going to make the playoffs, then all of a sudden your double digit wins three out of four years, and, and you're cruising, right? If they don't, now you're not making the playoffs four out of six years, and not have a winning record for it. Now that's bad. The narrative will complete. This is a gigantic year for him. His trage- trajectory and how he's looked at will change immensely based at the end of the season. Either we're going to stop, hey, he got there again. You know, after a slow start, he got there again. Or there's issues here. It is a gigantic season for him, gigantic. By the way, before we move on and, and try and find some positives here to, to end this show, uh, there are 12 coaches in NFL history who have won multiple Super Bowls, and that is Bill Belichick. And then Bill Walsh, Joe Gibbs, Vince Lombardi, Tom Landry, Don Shula, Tom Flores, Bill Parcells, Jimmy Johnson, Mike Shanahan, Tom Coughlin, and George Seifert. That's it. It's only 12. All right. Before we move on, like I said, to find the positives, uh, support for the No Huddle podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming 
Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code NOHUDDLE at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code NOHUDDLE at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, and and I think it is because Al's math has been correct the last couple of times, that's about 12 million balls. That's a lot of balls. So again, please visit manscaped.com and enter the promo code NOHUDDLE at checkout for 20% off and free shipping worldwide. 